You're locked in the press box. So, Tom Telesco, new Raiders general manager, talked yesterday uh, at the Combine in Indianapolis. A few different things. He was asked about potentially trading Devontae Adams. Couldn't actually hear the question from watching the press conference, but was asked about it. And his response was, he's a Raider. That's it. (laughs) No other follow-up. Boy, man, these guys really love this saying. Just, he's a Raider. Didn't say anything else about it. Just, he's a Raider. Next question. Um, What does that mean to you? That means he's following in Antonio Pierce's footsteps. With that Raider. great phrase, that great phrase. That, that's there's got to be T-shirts that say he's a Raider. Yeah, there's or gotta, I'm a Raider. Or, uh, yeah, I'm a Raider. There's oh, got to be some T-shirts. Oh, and he's got to hand them out. Yes. Oh, training camp. You yeah, make the roster. He throws you an I'm a I'm a Raider shirt. Yes. Oh, that's a good idea. Be great. That's a good all idea. All those people who are visiting uh, training camp, all those fans who are there <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> They give him water, they might as well give him T-shirts. He's a Raider. Okay, that's a good shirt idea. I like that. Um, So Telesco yesterday saying he's a Raider. I thought it was fascinating because Telesco did not say we're not trading him or we won't consider trading him. The GM of the Vikings yesterday, when asked about possibly trading Justin Jefferson, said he wouldn't consider trading Justin Jefferson. That's not what Telesco said yesterday. Telesco simply said... He's a Raider. He could not be a Raider if the Raiders do, in fact, trade him, and Telesco wouldn't have said something that was wrong. So I like the way Telesco handled that because he didn't back himself into a corner by saying, I'm not going to trade him. And he gave a quote that makes it sound like, hey, we're not going to trade him without actually saying that. And he used the line that Antonio Pierce loves to use. Excellent He's a Raider. Work, excellent work by Telesco yesterday because they could absolutely trade this guy. Absolutely. Like, there's, well, we don't. Yeah, I mean, you're trading up. You know, nothing's off the table if right. you're trying to get in those top three. Oh, oh yeah. If the if the difference in getting up to the top three is Devontae Adams or not Devontae Adams, you got to be willing to put him in, in a, that in trade sure. to make that happen. Because we've seen two years of Devontae Adams here, and they haven't made the playoffs. He's had good numbers. Doesn't matter. Quarterback's not any good. You're probably not doing very much. So you got to be willing to do that. And then the other side of this is will Devontae Adams ask for a trade? Presumably, he loves Antonio Pierce and wants to play for the Raiders and Antonio Pierce. He likes it here, all of that. But if they come out of the draft and it's Aiden O'Connell and Michael Penix as the quarterbacks, is Antonio or excuse me, is Devontae Adams saying, all right, I'm giving this a shot? Right. Or is Adams saying, I want to win a Super Bowl? Right. And that's not happening here anytime soon. So there's two parts to that. I would guess at this point, he is a Raider when the season starts, but Telesco didn't actually back himself into a corner by giving a definitive statement yesterday about trading or not trading him. He just gave us, he's, he's a Raider. A Raider. He's Great a Raider job, today. Man. Telesco also got asked about Josh Jacobs, and I'll, I'm going to read you a couple of different things he said. Uh, they are not expecting to franchise tag him, but Telesco said, Danny played it, you heard him say, we like to re-sign our own. He said, quote, we're going to work pretty hard to bring him back. Uh, Some other things about Jacobs in there as well. He was also asked about Zamir White. And Telesco said some complimentary things about White, but then followed up with, I don't see a lead back. You need more than one back. You got to have more than one. You need to have two. You need to have three. That tell you anything yesterday, what he said about Jacobs and what he said about White, about how he's going to handle the running back spot. 
I don't know if that means he's really working hard to bring him back. I don't know. That's my thought, too. I don't know if he's if that means he's really working hard to bring him back, if he thinks Zamir White can be the guy and then they need two or three because if you're working hard to bring Jacobs back, he's your lead back. Right. And he said, I don't need a lead back. That's the part of it that stood out to me, is him saying, I don't need a lead back. If you're bringing uh, – let me phrase it this way. If you're bringing Jacobs back at a top-of-the-market contract, you're not bringing him back to be in a committee with Zamir White and somebody no, else. No, no, Now – Maybe, and just uh, Jason Fitz alluded to this, maybe there isn't a real market for running backs, and Jacobs has to sign a short-term or a cheap deal. And, like, listen, if they sign Jacobs to a two-year deal worth $11 million total... Yeah, that's fine. Then, uh, great, phenomenal. Bring him back, and he hell, you can say he's the lead back or whatever you want to do. That could happen. But I don't think Telesco has any interest whatsoever in giving Jacobs a big deal, a long-term deal, anything. Because he just told us you need to have one, two, three running backs to right. do this. They've got Samir White under contract. There's no point in spending $13 million a year on a running back if you're planning on him splitting carries right. with Samir White. So that was my big takeaway from what he said about the running back position yesterday is that Jacobs could be here, but it's going to be on a much cheaper deal than I think what Jacobs And maybe that's the best deal Jacobs can get. It's possible. It absolutely is possible. That free and it might happen actually in free agency. He might right. go to free. He might agency. go to free agency, and that that's what he can get. Yeah, and you find out. Oh wow, none of these teams want to pay me any money. Right. What are the Raiders offering? Six million a year. Okay, I guess I'll take it. And if I was Telesco, that's probably what I'd do. I'd say, Josh, we'd love to have you back. The coach loves you. The the fans love you, but we can't make you a big offer. Here's two years, twelve million dollars, eight of it's guaranteed, or whatever number you right. want to throw out there. If you want to take it, the offer's here for you. If you want to hit free agency, you can come back to us, and we'll see as long as we haven't spent that money somewhere else, it's probably going to be there for you because that's that's what I'd be – if I was Telesco, that's what I'd be happy with. Bring Jacobs back on a pretty cheap deal? Yeah, absolutely. Would have no problem with that. I don't know if you guys follow them, but uh, each team has their own PFF Twitter, and yesterday PFF Raiders put out – uh, his estimated worth and said it was a three-year, $36 million contract with 20, 20 to 23 guaranteed. That's more than I th- thought it was. That's quite three a lot. Years, $20 million is a lot for a running back. Yeah. For the running backs that are out there right now. Did you guys do the show with me yesterday? Not really. I was focused about my coffee. Yeah. We talked about that exact projection I yesterday. Was, I was focused oh, on did Danny's we? coffee. Yes. Well, I like I've said before. It's the, once it's the sh- third thing in the rundown from yesterday's show. Well, in the beginning of the rundown, I'm busy doing other stuff. Jacobs, three-year deal, thirty-four point five million, twenty-one and a half guaranteed, a little over eleven million per se. We talked about this yesterday. Yeah, that's a lot of 26 money. Twenty-six hours ago. I'm I'm curious where they. Obviously, they they put it through their. Um, like it's, it's Spielberg. It's Spielberger. Is he do- the one doing that? I don't know how he does it, but we'll have him on the show next Monday. Hopefully, you can ask him. Okay, because that's that's it's, quite a it's big the contract. Second, second biggest contract he has projected for a running back. Barkley was one, more. Yeah, I and don't know. If, I don't know if Telesco gives him that. I don't think he does either. I don't think anybody does. Yeah, I there's there's some owners that still think okay, like we saw Jim Irsay become weird. Right. And talk about how if he died, nobody would care. And then 
he gave Taylor the contract anyways. That was very strange. Very weird scenario there. Does Mark Davis need to get a, a bus? Oh, my God. If he pulls up in a bus? <laughs> That'd be beautiful. If there's an RV parked outside Raiders practice? Oh, Jesus, Ed. That'd be beautiful. Ed, I don't want any reporting on who's big and fast if there's an RV outside Raiders practice. <laughs> you need to be stalking that RV. Exactly. We need you to report from inside from the inside RV. It. That's it. Request an interview? Yes. I don't even care who's in there. It could just be a random Raiders fan. If they pull up on an RV, you're like, all right, we're going in here. Just find the driver because there's no way Mark Davis is driving that bus. Oh, no. He gets oh. driven around. The whole find- point of the RV is that you get to like lay in a bed while it drives around the country. Yeah, so just find the driver. Talk to him. Yeah. Oh, God. If Mark da- Listen, if Mark Davis pulls up in an RV, we might need to be really worried about Mark Davis. <laughs> like We hear some of these Jim Ursay quotes. They're like, whoa, okay. What's happening here, Jim? If Davis pulls up in an RV, he might have completely lost it. He might have gone completely off the deep end. I don't think he's Ursay because I think he actually got McDaniels to come and he didn't have to go in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't in the bathroom for an hour, for so an he hour. actually got McDaniels. <laughs> so, Telesco talking yesterday. One other thing on NFL free agents here. Uh, ESPN did a fun story doing the best fits for different players. And the best fit for Josh Jacobs... The Dallas Cowboys. Oh. I wouldn't mind it. I'd prefer Henry or Barkley. Maybe, maybe Derrick Henry. I don't, yeah, you, I mean, I could you imagine I mean, I Henry behind if, that O line? Yeah, I wouldn't, but I wouldn't scoff at Josh Jacobs if that's who they ended up with. If that's who they couldn't get the other two, and they ended up with Josh Jacobs, I think that's, I think that's an upgrade from Pollard. Would we lose our Deucer? Deuce Vaughn? Yeah. Why would you lose Deuce Vaughn? Why? I don't know. It's not like he's no. stepping into a starting role. No. He's 5'4". He'll still be there. Hey, small people can play football too. Yeah, he does. I'm just saying. You're not giving that guy 20 carries a game. No, the, he got 20 real, carries this season. Did the, he even get that many? Yeah. The real deucer outlifts the, the, uh, our deucer. Oh, yeah, easily. There's no question about he's that. He's got Deuce Gruden, of course. Yeah, he's he outlifts everybody. He what, if pro- he outli- what if he outlifts uh, offensive linemen? He, 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 he probably outlifts 70% of the league, if not more. Gen- genuine question for this offseason. Can you find out if Deuce Gruden outlifts like Jermaine Illuminor? I mean, I'll ask. Is, is he Maybe like we'll out- ask Jermaine. Yeah. The thing about Jermaine Illuminor, he would answer. Yeah, that's why I said him. He would answer, yeah. you got to ask him, like, do you, Deuce Gruden outlift you? <laughs> but it, He's it, like a third of your size as a human. Can he outlift you? It would depend on... Uh, what workout, right? Because I'm sure Deuce Gruden has like specialties of what he works out. Yeah, well, if oh, Deuce yeah. Gruden can do anything, Deuce Gruden is uh, seriously, he might be a third of the size of Jermaine Illuminor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As yeah. a human being. Yeah, as a human. So if he can, if he can outbench him or squat, if he can do any of them more than Illuminor, it's kind of insane. Yeah, I don't think so. You think Illuminor got him? I think he's, if he doesn't beat Illuminor in at least one, I think he's very close. Oh, Illuminor is huge. I don't know enough about weightlifting to have a good idea of what the 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 numbers would be on like what they can bench or what they can squat or anything like that. But Illuminor is big. But the Deuce Deucer's Gruden. got the he's got the good stature for weightlifting. Yeah, it's Deuce yeah. Gruden. He can get it done. I hope he can. That'd be that'll be a great story. That, make that a story somehow. I know they won't give you Deuce Gruden for whatever reason, but no, Deuce, I've already requested to do Deucer. You, here's ask Illuminor about it. And if Illuminor is like, yeah, that guy outlifts all of us, then you just got to be like, look, I got this quote. It's going to be a great story. Give me Deuce Gruden. Yes. Then they got to give him. Well, two. when I last asked for the Deucer, was pretty close to what happened with right. his dad, and I think right. he thought that was the story, and it really wasn't. It was more about his weightlifting and competing. 
So maybe now enough time yeah. has lapsed to where the deucer will uh, talk. Especially if you get Illuminor to give you like a great quote, who's like, how how great Deuce Gruden is. Right. Or, yes, he can outlift me, and it's crazy. Just ask every single player in the locker room until one of them calls him over and says, hey, Deuce, come here and talk to this guy. <laughs> I've never seen the deucer in the locker room. He's not there. He's no. pinching. He's, he's, he's in the weight room. When everyone goes in the locker room, he goes to the weight room yeah. and does his workout. He's lifted. Might as well. That'll be good. All right. Coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, it's Bischoff's Briefs. It's Bischoff's Briefs, brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. Bischoff's Briefs. Speaking as an extremely clever person, I feel a bit personally attacked by the concept of an evil genius. Anti-intellectualism is rife in the world today, encouraged no small amount by a media concerned that their advertisers' claims that their breakfast cereal induces hallucinogenic bliss in woodland creatures might not hold up to rigorous academic study. Bischoff's Briefs. Well, let's see how far your f- street smarts and common sense get you when you need someone to figure out how to turn a city-sized clod of oceanic waste plastic into drinkable water and hospital-grade insulin. Bischoff's Briefs. Just because I'm smarter than everyone else doesn't mean I look down on people. Someone has to make my sandwiches. Just because I can envision a vastly more efficient society with myself as absolute dictator doesn't mean I want to go to that amount of trouble. Just because I ordered the installation of an oubliette in my basement doesn't mean I have sinister intentions for it. Bischoff's Briefs. So stop asking questions and get your jackhammer out. We're giving away $2,024 every day here at Lotus, and all you got to do is text a word to 702-364-1100. There's a new word every day. Today's word is rebels, R-E-B-E-L-S. Make sure you have that S on the end. A lot of people have just texted in rebel, but no, it's rebels, plural, multiple rebels, to 702-364-1100. That's all you got to do. Do that. You're entered to win $2,024. We're doing this every day that we're on the air through the end of March. So you got plenty of chances. There's a new word every day. $2,024 could be yours. I'm also going to go behind the scenes here really quick and give credit to Sploosh, Ed, because I think Sploosh uncovered something. Then I think he's 100% right about this. We have spent... How long have we been doing this? We've done this for seven days now. We have spent seven days complaining that everybody is texting in the wrong word that people are misspelling the word a lot of this we think has been done on purpose you guys are funny it's great i would do the same thing because for whatever reason we can see the text line we only see everybody sending in the wrong word like today there have been like seven or eight people that texted in rebel but i think sploosh might be right because when you text our text line Normally, you get a response that says, you know, KWWN has received your message, right? When you enter the contest, so if you text Rebels right now to 702-364-1100, apparently, you get a different message that says, thanks for entering the contest, blah, blah, blah. I don't think we can see when people accurately send in the right code word. Because it stops and it's... Because it's going somewhere else for the contest to actually happen. Whoever... I don't know how this works. Whatever behind the scenes happens for the contest intercepts the message so it's all cutting off the s's so no 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 no. people who send in rebels we don't ever see those text messages i'm seeing one right now so you can see one right rebels brian yes i believe if you send in rebels and something else in the text message we're not gonna we'll get it and you're not entered to win the contest you have to send just rebels in the text message because if you go through there's another Rebels that we got this morning, but somebody typed their last name after it or their first name after it. So I think Sploosh is right. We can't see if you accurately send in the code word 
every day. What about the guy who just texted in Red Bulls? See, that's what we get. <laughs> we can only see it if you screw it up. So we have spent seven days thinking that everybody that listens to us is a moron because they can't text in the right word, when in reality, we just never see it if you text in the right word. We only see the mistakes. Makes sense because I, it goes to corporate because this is a corporate-wide... Yeah, so uh, we're not picking the winners this, here. No, this is a corporate-wide contest. Yeah, somebody else is doing this. So, uh, yeah, I think we might be idiots and we don't ever see the right pers- the right words texted and we just see the mistakes. And so but we just assumed our listeners are There morons. are some trying to be funny because they're not even close. Yes, and there are people that are not... that have done it and not on purpose for sure and sent no, the exactly. wrong word. No, exactly. Don't send your name in with it. Just say yeah. Rebels. That's Just it. the code word. Nothing else. R-E-B-E-L-S. That's it. No send it name, in. no anything. No ESPN prefacing. Yeah. I've seen that as well. But That's because we trained uh, them for We've trained them for that, that way because to say ESPN first, so it went to our text line. Yeah, but that's not the case anymore. So just Rebels to the text line, and we will only see your mistakes. And I'm still going to make fun of your mistakes, but we're only going to see your mistakes. Uh, a lot of people have sent in Rebel this morning. Uh, you're not entered to win. Uh, so... That's fun part. Now, Bischoff's briefs today. Dave Cobble, president of the A's, he just sent out a tweet. Oh, this is a good tweet. So we talked about this yesterday. They had their sign that said rooted in Oakland on the Coliseum. They took that down just yesterday because they're no longer rooted in Oakland. They put up a new sign. Dave Cobble, the president of the A's, just tweeted out a picture of it. They've got the A's logo, and they've got some pictures from, like, Ricky Henderson, Dallas Braden threw a perfect game, and it's him celebrating some other celebrations from, like, playoff wins and stuff like that. So it's some, like, history of the A's and some big moments there. But here's the best part of it. Dave Cobble, president of the A's, they're leaving Oakland to come to Las Vegas. His tweet said, Great-looking new sign at the Coliseum honoring our many historic moments in Oakland. The 2024 season will be a celebration of our 50-plus years in Oakland. See you at the ballpark. You cannot reply to Dave Cobble's tweet. He turned the replies (laughs) off. Incredible work, not only to turn the replies off, but also they're celebrating 50-plus years in Oakland, and they expect people to get behind that when they're leaving to come to Las Vegas? What are they doing over there? Ten year, and they're uh, they're also celebrating. It appears ten years in the in their uh, spring training facility. Yeah, nobody cares about that spring training facility. Nobody cares. Well, they keep they keep celebrating how many years they're at places. And here's the thing, Ed. It's not even exactly fifty years. How long is it? It's been like fifty six years. I don't know. Nineteen sixty eight is when they moved to Oakland. What Dave Cobble can't count? Well, no, he's he's just said fifty plus, so it's not even like an anniversary of ah fifty years in Oakland. It's just hey, literally, he sent out a tweet to say we're celebrating being in Oakland for a long time. That's what his tweet said, and they're leaving Oakland. Who's gonna celebrate that with them? Not the fake John Fisher, I'll tell right? You that. It's unbelievable. What does this team do on a daily basis? Because nothing they do is is productive. Clearly, he missed when they celebrated at the Fan Fest this past weekend. <laughs> Maybe he should have attended that and, you know, talked to the people. I'm astonished. I like what I seriously, what do they do on a daily basis? Hang around? Because we have not seen one like competent thing from Oakland A's management or ownership in a year. 
They got $380 million from the state of Nevada, which, by the way, Cavill and Fisher didn't even do a lot. That was Jeremy Aguero and Steve Hill talking to the Nevada state legislators. They had other guys doing it. And since then, what have they done for like nine months? Well, they haven't celebrated as enough as they have in these pictures. No. So because in these pictures on the uh, new new wall uh, screen here, there's nothing but celebrations. Yeah, they did so a lot of So that hasn't been in recent years. They did a lot of winning in the past. But like, what is the front office, What not front office, what is like management and ownership done for the last year? Built up a lot of Southwest miles coming here. Can they point to anything over the last year, or maybe not the last year, since they got the $380 million that they have done? Positively? Period. Well, we, we haven't said, well, maybe when we see the renderings. Where are they? That's what I'm saying. Maybe when we see Do the they renderings. Do they exist? They made it to the field on time for the first spring training game. That's not That's not ownership or like eh, the president. So. I, like, yes, the baseball team played baseball games. And they, hit a walk-off. They traded, and that guy looks just like Matt Olson. They traded for a guy and got cash from the from the Giants. Yes, the, the front office has done things. I don't know if they're good, but they've done things. Ownership and the president, Dave Cobble, what have they done for the last eight or nine months that you can point to and say, like, tangibly, look at what we did? They got the money, and then what? They gave donations to the people who voted yes. They did do that. Yes, that is a ta- good job, Danny. That's something All we right. forgot about. They gave $10,000, $2,000, $1,000 to different state legislators and Clark County commissioners. Is that it? Everything else we've talked about this team for nine months is just wondering what they're doing. I guess they took the sign down to put a new sign up. So they did that. They donated money to the Little League team. Okay, yes. Oh, yes, yes. So they donated money to the state legislators and the Clark and County gave, commissioners. And they gave money to the Little Leaguers. They gave leaguers. money to the Little Leaguers. Okay. And they took down a banner. Tyler, that's three different things. It's been three, nine months. That's three things. They run a baseball that's team. Three things. They, they, they're they sure moving. Are, they sure are spending quite a bit of money when he's looking for right. buyers because he doesn't yeah. have What's enough going money. On? <laughs> he said he's looking for investors. Haven't found any. Just said that he's looking for them. What have they been doing for nine months? I think getting renderings together. Why does that take nine months? <laughs> well, because I'm not so sure why, but we haven't seen him. That yet. should be the easiest thing in the entire process is the renderings. Just sit down and draw it. I mean, we already have renderings for other teams that haven't been approved. They for don't stadiums. have public funding. They got people telling the White Sox and what other other team it is saying we're not giving you public funding, but they've got renderings. <laughs> they haven't done anything for nine months. They got public money for us and just said, "All right, we're going on vacation." See you guys later. Oh, I got to find more funding for this? Forgot about that. Incredible work by this organization. Coming up next, Ryan Wallace joins When he's not covering the Knights, he's playing with his goats. One may even be named Ovechkin. This is the VGK Update with Ryan the Hockey Guy. Listen to him Monday through Friday at 4 on the VGK Insiders on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hello, Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Morning, boys. All right. Before we get into some Golden Knight stuff, I do want to ask you about Sheldon Keefe getting a game misconduct yesterday. Did mm-hmm. did we miss something, or did he genuinely get thrown out of a game for just talking slash yelling at refs? Yeah, I mean, he got kicked out of a game for yelling at the refs. Okay. All right. That I mean, yeah. I, I know he could have said something, but I like. Do you remember seeing a coach get thrown out just simply for complaining about a call? I mean, I I think that. 
like if there, if the the last one I would imagine would be John Tortorella, right? Like obviously, <laughs> if there's a coach getting yelled at or getting ejected for for yelling and chirping, it's probably Torts. But uh, no, I mean, Keith was really really hot about that penalty call on Mitch Marner late in the third period and did not stop talking about it. And uh, he didn't stop talking about it until he got ejected. So good for him. If I if I was him, I mean, I would have gotten thrown out too because Mason Morelli outscored Austin Matthews in a game. And if that happens, I'm just going to be furious for the entirety of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so did Ryan Reeves. But nah. That's a story for another day. By the way, he's. I think it's – I might have to double-check this. It's two points in two games against Vegas yeah. and two points against the rest of the yeah. league this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. All right, superstar when he plays against the Golden Knights. Uh, needs to get traded to like a Pacific Division team. He'll be on. Un- they'll have to play him in every game, not just when they think they need to beat somebody up, and he doesn't do it anyway. Um, <laughs> let me let me ask you uh, sort of an open ended one here. We have seen. I know Eichel could be back somewhat soon, but without mm-hmm. Eichel and Stone, we've seen this team play poorly. We saw them play okay and get the loser point in Ottawa, and then last night, very good, beat Toronto. Mm-hmm. They score six goals. Without Eichel and Stone, is it fair to just assume we're not going to see consistent play, that we will see bad play, good play, average play, or do you think they could get a level of consistency without those two in the lineup? So I think they can get a level of consistency because I think the lineup's been consistent for the last couple of games, right? Like, obviously, when you look at the Golden Knights, really, this entire season, it has felt like a carousel of players in and out of the lineup. Even before Mark Stone got hurt, remember that you know there were... Jonas Rongberg was playing a couple of games, then Mason Morelli was getting a couple of games, then you were trying to figure out what to do with your lineup without Jack Eichel. You moved Nick Waugh up, that led to inconsistency with your fourth line. And I think what you're seeing over the last three or four games for the Golden Knights is improved play and getting closer to that 60-minute game that we're used to seeing from them because they've stabilized things with their fourth line. Morelli and Rempel and Fraze have been pretty good for the Golden Knights. I think you, you, you got something with Brendan Brisson alongside Carlson and Marcia. So I think what it took was a little bit of time for Bruce Cassidy to figure out where to put the pieces and then allow those pieces time to, to kind of build a little bit of, of, of consistency with one another. And in turn, I think it's led to better play. Now it's about kind of sustaining that. That remains to be seen. You've got a tough test on Thursday in Boston. But I think the longer these things stay together, the more predictable play you should expect from the Golden Knights. Uh, they haven't won every game since he's been back, but does it, is it showing how much they miss Shea Theodore? Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely, Shea Theodore. It's been phenomenal. Like, you look at the Golden Knights over the last four games, and, and listen, there haven't been a ton of bright spots outside of last night's game against Toronto, except for Shea Theodore. He's been phenomenal, eight points in four games. He has not missed a beat offensively. He's been phenomenal defensively. He's been a one-man breakout at times, which has really helped the Golden Knights. And, you know, I thought there was something really interesting in Bruce Cassidy's commentary last night after the game. Uh, What makes Shea Shea Theodore different? Well, he likes to get the puck to the net. And so many times you see defensemen that are unsure of themselves and their ability to kind of sift those pucks through so they just pass off shot opportunities. Shea Theodore doesn't do that. It's led to points. It's led to offense. And the Golden Knights have missed him desperately. My favorite stat still is that despite missing 25 games, he is tied for the team lead in goals from defensemen with four this season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. And, <laughs> and it's not 25. It's 35 games. So, Oh, is it 35? Did I do my math? Oh, you're right. It's, I did his 35, 35 games. games. It's a lot of games. It's a lot of, a lot of games to not be there. All right. Let me ask you this. 
how many skaters, not mm-hmm. including goalies, I have the actual number, but how many skaters, not including goalies, do you think have played a game for Vegas this season? Ooh, um, I'm going to say 35. Oh, a little high. 31 different guys Dang have it. skated for the Golden Knights this year, not including the goalies. Only three goalies, which is uh, down from last year, so they're doing good on that end. But uh, 31 different guys have been in and out of the lineup this year. It's, it is quite a lot, but uh, we'll see how healthy they get. You mentioned the line combinations being consistent the last few games. Mm-hmm. It, You'd keep it that way? You think that's that's what Cassidy should be rolling with going forward until they get Eichel or somebody else back? Yeah, I mean, I think you've got to let it grow, right? And, and you know, I still think you need something more out of Chandler Stevenson. Like, I recognize he scored two goals in Ottawa, and that helped the Golden Knights secure a point. But I still think that there's a level of kind of taking over and commanding a game that you need out of Stevenson. So you kind of put him with Barbashev and Amadio, see if you can spark something there. I do think they're the building blocks for that line are, are where they need to be. Um, and then, you know, Nick Watt, it's tough, right? Because you, you put him with Barbashev and Marcheseau, and he's a top-line center and, and producing like one, and now he's alongside Keegan Colasar and Paul Cotter. It's closer to that fourth-line role that you'd expect from Watt. Not getting the production, obviously, but I think that's more a product of Paul Cotter being snake bit and Keegan Colasar. Um, not necessarily known for his offensive touch. So all that to say, I think right now as it's constructed, you're able to roll four lines over. You're able to get closer to what the Golden Knights are are, are used to doing and known for doing in this league. And you might accept a dip in production from Nick Waugh if it means that you're able to put all four of your lines in advantageous spots to, to succeed. So right now, as currently constructed, I think this has to be the way for the Golden Knights, and they have to continue to play the right way inside of that framework to keep it together. Any reason why Aiden Hill's a lot better on the road? Um, I mean, obviously, it's it's a, an indictment on Golden Knights fans, right, and, and how they <laughs> feel about goaltenders. Um, no, I just I think that you know there's there's less distractions on the road. Maybe that's that's something to do with it, or. You know, maybe it's just a simple scenario where there were inconsistencies in terms of how the Golden Knights were defending, and it led to inconsistency in Aiden Hill's play. Like, to be frank, right, like, Aiden Hill hasn't had many stretches this year, and really ever since joining the Vegas Golden Knights, that he's had inconsistent or bad performances. So it could just be you chalk it up to a a a bad week or two for Aiden, um, and you, you just kind of lean into being encouraged uh, as to how well he played last night. Uh, as a huge homer of the Golden Knights, I've been predicting since January that Jonathan Marchessault would get to 44 goals and break William Carlson's franchise record. Ed's mm-hmm. a hater and doesn't think it's going to happen. I've got him at 42. Uh, after last night, his 82-game pace is now 44-and-a-half goals. He's uh, yeah. got a little bit of wiggle room there. Are you on board with me now? He's getting to 44? Um, I mean, if he keeps stealing empty net that's goals a great way to do it. Angelo, that's, that's great for me. He needs that. I, I love the fact that he deflects that in. That's beautiful. It's it's the longest deflection in NHL history from its own blue line. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, listen, 44 is a lot. That That's a massive undertaking. But uh, the only person that scored more goals in the last 
17, 18 games than Jonathan Marchessault is Austin Matthews. So if, if Marchessault continues to be this red hot, I, I mean, who's to say he can't score 50, Tyler? It's he, uh, 12 and uh, what do they got? 23, 23 left? games. Yeah, left. 23 12 and 23. Games He's going to get there. Yeah. It seems it's, obvious, but with his age, I mean, is it seems obvious, but is he an obvious re-sign for them? Because sometimes they do crazy things with these things. Sometimes. Is, he, is it an obvious? Is it an obvious re-sign? I mean, it would have been it would have been more obvious if you know Marcheseau had twenty two or twenty three goals and you know isn't setting career highs in goal production um, in the season after winning a Conn Smythe and being a main reason why you won a Stanley Cup. Like it's a it's a contract year. He's having a career year. If it drives the price up too much, then maybe it's not as obvious as it felt early on in the season. Right. Like obviously, when you look at things, Kelly McCrimmon is going to be smart and shrewd about the number that he re-signs guys, especially guys that are north of 30 years old. And so it, it could be a scenario, and I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that it is, but it could be a scenario where Jonathan Marcheseau is playing so well that he plays himself and prices himself out of a contract extension here. If there's ever an organization that would let the only Conn Smythe winner in franchise history and the guy who just set the franchise record and goals to walk in free agency, it, it would be the Golden Knights. Um, so he's Ryan Wallace, VGK Insider Show. Uh, that's today. Tomorrow, another early start for you tomorrow. The early starts are good for you. So check out Ryan Wallace, VGK Insider Show, pre-post and intermission for games over on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, guys. Uh, so there's Ryan Wallace. But yes, absolutely. the Golden Knights absolutely would just say, ah, yeah, you won the con Smythe. You scored 44 goals. See you later. Well, Ryan's right. I mean, if I'm his agent, that price is going up. Oh, he puts he gets 44 in there. I mean, that price went up. And you're right, McCrimmon likes his numbers. Yeah. Which a lot of GMs do. I don't yeah. want to say that most GMs like just you know easily just give away money, but they they want their price. But um, I don't know. The reason I asked it, I'm I'm knowing the organization. If his price is too high, they just I traded Riley Smith so they could keep Barbashev yeah, around. Exactly. Well, what are you doing? Because he's two years younger, and March those thirty three. Right. So I I would get obviously the the. Now, Marshall might want to stay here so badly he doesn't drive the price up. Potentially. I would guess um, the amount of money is not going to be the ultimate deciding factor. I would guess it's the years. It's a term. Because is another team really going to offer Marshall significantly more than the Golden Knights right. are willing on a, on a like per-dollar basis? Probably not. I mean, somebody could, but he's 33 and other teams know that too. I think it's going to be more about the years. I think it'll be, does another team come along and give him a four or five, four or five year, year deal? deal? And the Golden Knight's like, we'll, we'll give you three. We don't want to pay you when you're 38. Right. We don't want to be locked in when you're 38. I think that might be the deciding factor on whether or not he's a Golden Knight again. But there's an organization that would let that type of player walk. It's this team. Yeah. They've already traded away Flurry. They've already traded away Riley Smith. It wouldn't be that surprising. If I was his agent, by the way, I'd be saying – Trade William Carlson. That bum only scored 43. <laughs> Marshall just scored 44. Get him out of here and give me his money. It's an easy thing to do. Get that guy out of here. All right. We got tickets to give away to go to Nitro Cross. Two tickets to the Nitro Cross Championship weekend on March 1st. It's at the Nitro Dome at Planet Hollywood. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. Call in now. Caller number nine at 702-364-1100 is going out to Nitro Cross. Two tickets, March 1st, Nitro Dome at Planet Hollywood, Nitro Cross Championship Weekend. Caller nine at 702-364-1100. You're on the elevator up to the press box with Graney and Bischoff. All right, Ed. 
I got to give Kevin Kruger some credit, even though yesterday's game was an abomination. I have been yelling a couple times this year that UNLV refuses to do two-for-ones at the end of the first half, and I don't understand why. Uh, it's a solved problem in basketball. You do the two-for-one. You're going to score more points than your opponent over the course of a season. Yesterday, into the first half, Kevin Kruger called a timeout with 48 seconds left, and they went two-for-one. They didn't dribble the clock out like they no normally he calls the timeout, and they run the clock down and then shoot it with like five on the shot clock and give the other team the last possession. Called a timeout, 48 seconds left, out of the timeout. I don't know if this was the design play, but Brooklyn Hicks drove down the paint, dumped it off to Caleb Boone for a dunk with 41 seconds left. So Wyoming had to inbound. Wyoming came up. They didn't score on their possession. Actually got a shot clock violation. Good defensive possession. Yeah, do you remember that? That was a, that was a nightmare, too, for Wyoming. Yeah, uh, and then DJ Thomas missed a mid-range jumper at the buzzer. Right. But still. Went two for one. They got two possessions to Wyoming's one hey, possession. DJ Thomas had a great uh, clutch shot there in the end. He did. Jumper. So here's the, floater, fun, here's the funny part. He played pretty bad last night. He shot five of 17. He could not make a shot. But... He made the shot final minute in a one-possession game, which is the exact opposite of most of his games this year where he plays well and then in the final minute misses a shot or misses two free throws. So it's the opposite of most of his games. He's kind of he pulled a Brock Purdy <laughs> where Purdy's normally good and then into games he doesn't do very well. But then in the playoffs, Purdy was bad and then end of the two playoff games great. they won, he was good. That was DJ Thomas. He made that shot, which, by the way, I gave credit to Kevin Kruger for going two for one. Good job. Their last uh, five possessions of regulation, every single one of them was terrible. Even before the turnovers against the full-court press. Their last four possessions in the half court, Caleb Boone made that shot where his face was behind the backboard. Yes, I remember from that. From like eight yep. or ten feet away. Yep. They tried to run a play. Did not work. They threw it into Caleb Boone with six seconds left. Like, please score. And he makes it against the double team with his head behind the backboard. Terrible possession. Bailed out by a great shot. And then you had Keelan Boone. They ran a play. Didn't work again. Keelan Boone takes a contested three with like four on the shot clock. Drilled it. Bailed out again by a good shot. And then DJ Thomas, back-to-back -back possessions. He gets the ball with six seconds on the clock. Has to go isolation. Gets fouled on one. The guy reached in. Terrible defensive play. So he goes to the free throw line. And then hits that jumper from like 19 feet again with like six seconds left. They tried to run a play on four straight possessions and didn't get a shot on any of them. They just had to go, holy hell, the shot clock's running out, put up a shot. Terrible job by the coaching staff to end that game. Won the game 13 and they 5. They did. Bailed out. Won the game Great 13 shot and making. 5. Great. They're not 13 and 5 yet. They will be. I'm calling it, Danny. <laughs> Remember, I mean, Saturday's a gimme. Come on, San Jose State. What's that? They gets, lose the that gimmies. Gets, that gets them to 11 and 5. They the lose the Air gimmies. Force was a gimme. And if they won no. the gimmies, they'd be in the NCAA no. tournament right now. No, they're, they're, they're a different team. 8 of 9. 8 of 9. They just played like crap last night. No. They they they, they win Saturday, and then, then they have somewhat of a tough week. Oh, somewhat, somewhat. of a, somewhat somewhat. a tough week. <laughs> there, there was like a 9% <laughs> chance they win their final two games. Ah, who's that? Eh, Ken Palm. Eh, who's kinda, who's Ken Palm? Good at this. Some guy. Every now and then, uh, Ken Palm does have their projected Mountain West record up to twelve and six now. There you go. So. He's he's moving it up. Yeah, it's probably going to stay at twelve. So and which six, game does he have him losing? San Diego State. Well, okay. So here's how this works. 
he has them as an underdog in both the San Diego State and, and Reno games. games. But the way win probability works is that they might win one of those games despite being underdogs. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So like their win probability to beat San Jose State's eighty nine percent. Right. It's close to a gimme. Uh, although it was ninety seven against Air Force and Southern, and they lost both of those. Uh, the win probability against San Diego State is thirty eight percent. Win probability at Nevada is twenty six percent. Wow. Mm. Now, if Keenan Blackshear doesn't play, that win. Now, Ken Palm doesn't factor in injuries, but if Keenan Blackshear doesn't play, the win That's probability will be higher in yes. reality for that Nevada game than it is right now. And Blackshear was in a boot, right? So I don't. I mean, it's March 9th, so there's still time, ten, eleven days until that game is right. played. But I, I mean, if he doesn't play again, they might be better without him. They beat Colorado State last night without him, and he is not good against UNLV. I got to go look those numbers. He was terrible in both games last year against UNLV. Shot like 20-something percent, and then he was bad again. I, I, he's not good. I mean, he is, but every time he's I good. watch him, he's not good. It's like New Me- he's New Mexico. He might as well transfer to New Mexico. Like because New Mexico, he's always going to lose. New Mexico he's always going to play Blackshear. poorly against UNLV. Yeah, they're clear, New Mexico is clearly a good basketball team. Keita Blackshear is clearly a good basketball player. But when they play UNLV, they're like, yeah, we suck. <laughs> We're just we we can't do anything. Blackshear's been bad against UNLV two, three straight games, so they might be better off if he is still in a boot for that game. I don't know what I'm gonna do if they don't go 13 and five. I'm what do you mean? To, I'm gonna have to kind of own it. No, you don't. I'm gonna have to own it. You I don't said have it for to own it, Danny. I don't want any. I don't want any clips from this. Well, Danny's got to play the clip from it. Yeah, you've been saying there's it just, every day. There's fine. just so many clips that you could play. You're fine. This isn't even that bad. They've gotten way closer than expected. It would be worse if you said 13 and five and they finish like right eight and ten. Right, they're gonna finish like 12 and six at the end of the day. Like worst, like worst case. Well, worst case is 10, but worst case is 11 wins. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good day.